0: I was a special guest on the Connoisseur Panda podcast. I was interviewed with Patrice. We talked about the podcast, my, my book, talked about hip-hop music as well, one of my favorite subjects. Stick around to the end of the show. By the way, if you could reach out to the Connoisseur Panda by throwing in a couple of bucks here and there through the Buy Me a Coffee. All the links is on my website, PoeticEarthlings.com. If you haven't done so already, you could support Poetic Earthlings as well. You could go to buy me coffee slash PoeticEarthlings. All right, here's the interview, and as I said, stick around to the end. I have something very, very important to tell you. Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. just a touch of mellow smoothness. Panda!
1: Panda! Wake up! Music, writing, podcasting, those are the topics. And joining me today in the hot seat is a man who is originally from Jamaica, full-time Canadian now, from Canada, (laughs) from Canada, where he was... One of Toronto's pioneers in hip-hop music, he is an author, he is a writer with 20 plus years experience, and he is currently a host of his podcast called Poetic Earthlings. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome York Amber.
0: Well, oh, thank you so very much, Patrice. It's really good to be here on your show. And by the way, I've listened to all of your episodes so far. Oh, my God. All? So,
1: oh. Yeah.
0: Wow. All of the episodes. Thank you so and,
1: much.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And I'm very impressed with your, with your enthusiasm, the way that you are with your guests. It's pretty amazing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Now, I feel that the competition is very high because, because of your guest, the one that dances with heels heels Mm -hmm. on
1: yeah healing queen. oh
0: that's pretty talented i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's very talented
1: i'll let her know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: but great to have you on it is a pleasure i'm so happy you mentioned that music and writing stories are close cousins yeah and whenever you're writing there's always a rhythm and a tempo tell us about this special relationship between music and writing and why do you think the two connect so well for you
0: yeah for me it's hand in glove i started off writing writing songs writing Mm. rap songs and poetry but i didn't say i'm going to write a song now or i'm going to write a story now everything just flowed from the same vessel Mm. i know that in society we like to put labels on things and then i guess i was forced to put, put a label on for my publisher a long time ago because it had to go in the bookstore or in the library, it had to be labeled. And so I said, okay, label what I'm writing poetry, I guess, because it has to be, there has to be a label attached, unfortunately. Yeah. But again, it all, it all flows from, from the same. If I have a science fiction story that I'm writing, I automatically think of it in a in the music. There's a tempo, there's a rhythm. Even how we talk, even conversations, there's, there's a musicality to how we speak. Mm-hmm. If you listen closely, there's there, there's a pattern, and so when I'm writing a story, I wrote one story in particular just to give you a, a something here. It was it was a story that was based in in the southern part of the United States, mm-hmm. and but mostly mostly what they call rednecks. Okay, mostly <laughs> rednecks, and uh, so ninety nine percent of the story is was was rednecks. So what I did to get into the mood, I listened to all country and western music. Yeah, as I was writing the book. and I'm um, you know, I'm a hip-hop fan. I'm not mm-hmm. but to get into the mood of the writing, I just I only listened to Country and Western for the whole year, and that was it. because I wanted to get into the minds of the characters. yeah and so that from there is just just an example of how music and and writing for me, they're one in the same.
1: And you said you wrote some hip-hop songs right the, in toronto yeah.
0: how did that did. start this, well this started way back way back when when the <laughs> hip-hop scene in toronto was was very young as you can see i have a little bit of a gray beard right now but when <laughs> so when i was 17 years old or even younger than oh, that I, I i started i started rapping this was old school hip-hop not mm. like how it is today it mm. was there was a, a lot of in, intelligent rappers at that time people that had something to say about about the communities that they lived in they had interesting stories and so i i wanted to get a, i wanted to be a part of that so i just i just started writing material i gathered my friends together we started writing i wrote i wrote songs for a particular group that i that i was in i guess at that time i've always wanted to make a difference and mm-hmm. i think music i think writing would write you should sing, you should rap in order to make a difference, not just to make a song, but to make a difference in people's lives.
1: That's a big deal, though, right, in hip-hop music. Like, congrats.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, there's there's something that's lost, I think, with music itself, with mm. hip-hop music, uh, the poetry, uh, the message, the heart. And I guess you could look at almost any, any genre, but there's a commercialization when it comes to when it comes to music. So, I always yeah. like to find artists, even country artists that are not popular and I listen to them or folk or folk music singers that are not popular because when you get to the underground scene in any music, mm-hmm. I th- I think you're going to find the most creative people that could play the guitar, the violin in the most amazing way, rap in a different style. But when you go commercial mm-hmm. um, then Everything is packaged. Somebody else has done this beat before, wrapped in a certain way. But uh, my advice, I guess, to the listeners, if you want to really go authentic in any music that you listen to, look at the the indie groups, as we call them here. Look at the groups that are not mainstream. They're just starting out. Even writers, look at the ones that are just starting out. You're going to see creativity. You're going to see it in, in such a magical way because they experiment. When you're not mainstream, I find, when it comes to writing or mm-hmm. stories even you become more experimental. And I try to carry that forward in, even in my podcast as well.
1: Speaking of your podcast, it's called Poetic Earthlings and you said it's the purpose of it is to break down walls and build bridges and to demonstrate the complexity and beauty of the human experience. So tell us about that.
0: Yes, it's all those things and a little bit more as well. It's the short stories. It's sort of, it's Mm -hmm. an audio drama and short short stories together. The purpose of this, as I said, is to see each other as human beings, first and foremost, instead of of all these barriers that we put up. I mentioned labels earlier on. So what this does, it, it exposes myself. It's a very raw, very emotional, gripping show. I do put sound effects. I do make it funny at times as well. Uh, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of corniness. <laughs> Deliberately, I, I, th- I throw in some corniness. And I try to bring out the best in me and the worst in me, to be honest. I, I think everyone has shadows and, and, and also some, some really strong points. Every episode that I write is, is an emotional experience. Uh, even the ones that, are, that may seem really off the wall, very strange, <laughs> uh, it, it comes, it, it comes from, from an honest place. So mm-hmm. the goal of the show is when somebody listens to it, it will spark something in their minds. They will think of themselves or humanity in a different way, rather than all the labels, as I said, that we, that we give ourselves.
1: So you wanted to talk about how podcasting can make a positive difference for a writer. So how has it made a positive difference for you?
0: It brings the writing to life. What I, what I do with my podcast, there's sound effects, there's, there's different voices that I use. There's things that you can't do on the written page. Right. The written page it can only go so far. But with a podcast, it's sort of like having a movie in your mind. Mm-hmm. And so if a writer of any genre doesn't leap forward it, into podcasting, they'll see their characters uh, mm-hmm. step into a, a, new, a new light. It, open, it opens up more doors. But my only advice is it's easy to start a podcast, but it's very, very hard to make a very good podcast. To <laughs> make a very good podcast, that takes a while. That takes, that yeah. takes time. That, take, that takes energy and planning. Oh, you don't want to be like some podcasters. I just listened to a podcast just before you. Mm. These two guys—they—they they got on the microphone. They—they they had no idea what to say. They literally started off by saying, "Hey, hey, Eric. Uh, yeah, how's your breakfast? What did you have? Yeah, I had maple syrup jam. And oh, yeah. Oh, what are we going to talk about? And I looked at the time of it. There was forty-three more minutes
1: wow of Just that,
0: and, and they have no plan of what's going on. So you don't want to do that. It's very easy to start a podcast. It takes it takes almost no talent.
1: I mean, I suppose some, some, some people listen to those types of podcasts. You never know. <laughs>
0: yeah, you never know. But I mean, there's too many of them uh, like mm. that. I I believe a podcast. I believe any talent that you have. If you're a dancer, if you're a singer, if you're a painter. You need to do it in order to make a difference in in somebody's life. You have to say, how how is this going to bring value? Even even when I'm on social media, I have to stop myself a few times before I send out a tweet or a message. I say, no, York, how come you're sending this out? Is this going to make a difference in somebody's life? Is this going to make somebody feel joyful, happy? Is this going to make somebody feel something? You have to feel something. Or is this just for you? And so a lot of tweets <laughs> I was going to send out, you know, but, but I didn't want to clutter people's minds. I don't mm-hmm. want just to build a, a dynasty for myself, right? I want to build something for other people. I always believe that we need to not just make a show if we're making a podcast, but make a mm-hmm. difference. Not just to write a book, but, but to make a difference in everything that we do.
1: And speaking of tweets, I actually remembered this tweet that you had sent out a while ago. I think it was last year. But I remember oh, okay. it because it really resonated with me. And I think it said something along the lines of I'd rather be a starving artist than a corporate slave.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that
1: one. So based on that based on that tweet, like what is your philosophy behind that?
0: I believe that we all need to to be as creative as, as possible. Creativity opens, opens so many doors for us. We don't want to just be a corporate slave, meaning working uh, just just a regular job all the time. Of course you can. Of course you could work your job, but why not do something else? Why not go on a limb? Why not create something that no one has ever created before? Walk a path that no one has ever traveled. So when you do that, you're going to feel liberated. I believe so. If the listeners feel that they're just working one job all the time, an overnight job or a nine-to-five job, and there's no way out, then I, I suggest that you just create a way, even if it looks ridiculous. Because creativity, at times, it may seem ridiculous, but some people, they don't want to look ridiculous. And that's the thing. We need to, we need to be willing to say, I am going to look ridiculous for the sake of creativity. For the sake of using my own mind, my own intuition, my own spirit, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to see what I can make of it. I think we all need to do that. Life is just repetitive. It's repetitive by nature. We, we're, we're in a system of laws and rules. These rules are, are meant to guide us and to benefit us. They could also be confining as well. They could be restricting. Creative people in general, the real creative people are rule breakers. If we're not breaking any rules, there wouldn't be all these amazing gadgets, all these works of arts. Everything would be monotone. Things would be safe. Things would be in a in a certain predictable pattern. There wouldn't be the iPhone. There, there wouldn't be, be all these incredible movies that we see, all these incredible yeah. musicals as well and plays if everyone just kept safe. Just to even put yourself out there to say, I want people to hear my voice and so you're always open for criticism. You're always open mm-hmm. for judgment. And so some people, they guard themselves. They say, I don't want to put my voice out there. I don't want to start a YouTube channel. Everyone sees my face. Or I don't want to start a podcast. They hear my voice. We should put ourselves out there some more. If you're doing that, if you're writing your book and you're dancing, congratulations. You're, you're doing something. You're mm-hmm. taking a chance. You're taking a risk.
1: Speaking of being creative, other than podcasting, how do you think writers can find other ways to make a difference?
0: I find that our writers could make a difference by listening to more individuals that have diverse views. I listen to different podcasts And I follow different people online, even if I disagree with their views, with their worldviews. I still follow them. Unfortunately, these days, everyone likes to stay in their bubble. They Mm -hmm. like to stay divided in their own world because it is safe. It's very safe. When I started in social media a few years ago, social media has a way of, of identifying you. When I started off, somehow they realized i guess twitter realized that i was a black person and they said oh okay this person is black so we're only going to introduce them to other black writers or other black people and so i had to fight against the yes it it, it puts into an algorithm so i had to fight against the algorithm so what i did on twitter i deliberately broke the algorithm and i typed in chinese poets uh japanese artists iraqi science fiction writers (laughs) You know, all different things. And then I got diverse. I said, no, I'm not just going to be friends with black people. I'm going to be friends on Twitter with all kinds of people. So I have tons of Chinese people that I follow. I have tons of people from the Middle East that I follow. And I have people that their political worldviews, I'm not a part of that worldview, but I still follow them. I still say, hey, what's going on, buddy? I still reach out to them. I listen mm-hmm. to them.
1: Yeah, because there's still a lot to learn from
0: everyone. Still a lot to learn. Yeah. There's, there is. There, there's even these people called the flat earthers. I'm not sure if you heard oh, about yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they
1: want to have the theory that the earth is still flat, right?
0: Yeah, flat as a pancake. Actually, I, I wrote about that. There's a short story that I wrote. I don't believe in their idea, but it's very fascinating. And, and I, I listen to their podcast as well and hear, hear what they had to say. And yeah. also watch a documentary about them. If we could do that, if we could do that even more, just a little bit at a time. even I even watch, my wife thinks I'm crazy because I, I when it comes to watching shows on Netflix, rather than reading the description of the show or watching mm. the trailer, I just hit play. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I, my my wife thinks I'm nuts because she likes to know everything about the movie who's in the movie what it's about I just hit the play button and then and then, and then in that way living you're on the edge living on the edge yeah you're surprised you don't know what you're gonna get
1: mm-hmm. you're an author right so what is one of your favorite books
0: one of my favorite books I have many different favorites I enjoy Anne Rand Francine Rivers I also like New and upcoming writers as well. Again, I take a chance on on everyone. I'm always buying, I'm always buying people's books on, on Twitter in in the writing community.
1: So, do you mind reading us a uh, little something?
0: All right. This one is called House of Flimsy Cards. The world is a deck of playing cards, mixed and shuffled with. Jokers and Kings. I'm
1: going to cut the cards for you, baby. Let me shuffle them one more time.
0: An ace in the hole, a jack of all trades, have carefully positioned their deluxe pyramid. It rises and soars. Its colors abound. Impressive was Babel before the fall. The clubs, they're at the bottom, supporting the diamonds. The spades seem content in their affluent position. I enter my townhouse. They enter their palace. Can hardly afford my Kia. They're on their third and fourth Lexus. The spades are controlled by the Queen. She has them by the bra strings and tells them what to do.
1: Well done. Thank
0: you. That's House of Flimsy Cards.
1: Thank you very much. And where can the listeners find more of your work
0: poetic growthlings that's the name of my podcast and the website is com.
1: cool so listeners go check it out
0: yeah thank you very much patrice you're a very lovely person to talk to i thank you for this thank you for this opportunity
1: right back at you thank you so much i really admire what you do
0: oh thank you I got to be quite a connoisseur. Panda. Connoisseur. Panda. Extra special thank you to Patrice. Thank you so very much for allowing me to remix your interview. Also, if you have the time on your hand... I strongly recommend that you check out all of her interviews. It's on the connoisseur panda. I'm always tempted to say kung fu panda for some strange reason, but it's the connoisseur panda. Also, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. As you know, this is the off-season, so I'm going to come out with a new episode starting in about two months from now. In the meantime, I'm going to play the Mothership episodes. And these are behind the scenes of how I come up with creative ideas and, and also it will help writers and different artists in general to overcome mental fatigue, writer's blocks, or or even imposter syndrome. So I've already recorded it, everything's pre-recorded. But this one is going to be different. It's not going to have the music and all the sound effects that you're used to. What are you doing? I'm going to be speaking directly to you and talking about my struggles as an artist. And and hopefully you'll relate to the things that I'm saying. So again, that's going to be coming out very soon, in about two weeks from now. And then, as I said, in two months, Poetic Earthlings will return. Thank you very much for listening, and you take care. Remember, treat each other as fellow humans. I'll talk to you soon.
1: poetic earthlings.
0: Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur.